guys, welcome back to Bill and Ain't Easy. It's a different format today. We're on the Zoom. Things are happening. And it's we're on the Zoom because Jack stood us up. He couldn't come today. So we decided to keep it, keep pumping it out. And here we are on Zoom. We're pumping out the content. Things are happening. Um, it's been a crazy week. What so what's happened this week, Lori? Give us the download. So what's happened in the world? Let's talk about it. Well, first of all, I could I had to find as much chief stuff as I could find for the top half for Zoom so that we could celebrate that the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again, which yeah. you don't care about. It's a big deal to me. You know what's um, funny? I was actually at my parents' house and I, I didn't watch the Chiefs game, but I watched the Lions game. And it was like so depressing. Like the Lions were up like 17. Did you watch this game? I did not. No. Okay. Lions were up 17 points. They haven't been in the Super Bowl 30 years. Everyone's like getting hype. And then they just get absolutely wrecked. And then the, the way the cameraman shot the Lions' sideline or whatever, people are just crying. Everyone oh, yeah. looks so depressed. Um, it I was didn't kind of watch it. It was a little later than I like to. Yeah, it was a little late game. Yeah. Yeah, and so like it's a school night. We got stuff to do. It's the I have to work the next day, so it was a little later than I would like to. Um, so I mean, I kind of went back and forth to it a little bit, but yeah, people take it super seriously. I, I think it's exciting that it'll be a 49ers Chiefs matchup again. I hope that the outcome is as it was in 2020, and we win again. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's super fun. It's exciting. We, we toyed with contemplated going to Kansas city to watch the super bowl, but I just, in my, with my current stuff I have going on, I don't think it's wise for me to be around a ton of people like it would yeah. be at a super bowl party. So I think we're going to lay low and watch it, but we will be cheering them on from Texas. And I actually really enjoyed how much people were shit talking the chiefs. Cause it made it that much more enjoyable to win. Like, yeah. and I, I wish that I honestly wish people would leave Travis and Taylor alone. Like just let these people be happy. She is no different than yeah. um, any other girlfriend or wife going to support their husband, like for his, you know, what he does and his career and his passion and they seem really happy and it seems like a healthy relationship and everybody should just back off. Like she's not asking to be on camera. So that's not her fault. Yeah. Um, she's really done nothing bad that I can tell from the NFL. Like they've sold, they've had, they have more people watching games than ever have before. Like that right. weren't, weren't watching. They've sold the Chiefs. I know have sold a gajillion dollars worth of merchandise, and it's not just because of me because I have a lot of it. Right. But like they've sold a ton. Just leave these people alone. Let let these people be happy. Well, here's here's my one question because they had that really cool shot with Taylor and uh, Travis at the end. Like, because I did watch like the last four minutes of the game, or whatever. My question with Taylor is, how does she like balance this? Like, how does she do all this traveling? Because she like does like shows like in like japan and like all around the world like does she just have like a private jet well, she has she a private jet for sure she's a billionaire isn't she like a billionaire right a billionaire yeah. um yeah like and i mean so i i mean i i think it's like anything else in this life where right. where your like intention goes you're you will find a way 
yeah. make that stuff happen. I mean, I'm sure she is jet lagged and wakes up in a different time zone and has no idea who she is or what day it is. But like, you know, it's important to her. She makes it happen. It seems like she's in between New York and Kansas City a lot. And then her tour dates or whatever. But where's her home? It's in Nashville, right? I, I don't Somewhere, ever, yeah. I don't ever see. So those poor cats, I'm sure she's got someone babysitting her cats that she's always talking about. But you know, she's got a private jet. She, her problems are not like our problems, Dakota. Her okay? problems are a little different. She's not her, trying to build an insurance agency. Her problems are a little different. And Do you know this? Do you know this for the air story, though? What uh, Mai told me was that she had to, like, she spent, like, four hours running on a treadmill, like, singing to, like, prep she herself. She would have to. It was a full-fledged, what was it, like, three hours? It's like, she, three, four hours, yeah. like never stopped. The, the real thing we need to get down to the bottom of, and I tried to on the internet the other day, but I, I don't you, I don't know if I believe what I, I, maybe I believe it, but we need to get down to what the hell red lipstick this girl is wearing because it is bulletproof. Like it never comes off. It yeah. never looks like it fades. She, I need some of what she's got going on the lipstick department. I think I found what it was. It's sold out, so it's probably true, but I need some of that red taylor lipstick in my life because that also lasted the freaking whole time she's singing and yeah. talking at her era's tour that concert like wild but hats off to the girl like i applaud her success i want her to have all the good things after kanye pulled that nonsense oh my gosh years yeah. ago and like broke her spirits and watching people be mean to her for no reason like Hats off to her. I'm glad they're happy. People just need to leave them alone. Let them do their own thing. Leave them alone. Okay. Now this is um this is about the Kansas City Chiefs, like in in the Christian world. I don't know if you know this, but there was like this like famous prophet guy. His name is Bob Jones, and he prophesied before he died in like 2012 or something that he said, and this was in 2020 when the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, that revival was gonna like break out in the like U.S. like revivals like um where everyone just gets wrecked do you remember like the um was it in kansas or whatever where was the city like ash asbury or whatever did you hear about that on the news where the, there were these college kids that they were just like worshiping for like two months and all these people like poured in now i don't know like if like revival broke out between the 2020 and 2024 but i just find it so interesting that they're going back to the super bowl you know, so I wonder, like, it's very if, interesting that this guy on his deathbed is talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, what? I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. He was like, he's kind of, he was an old guy, but he was like, when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, this is gonna happen. So well, I already, just, they had already won prior. I, I well, just did like fifty years or something. No, 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 no. We won before. This is the. This will be. This will be. And I'm putting it out there. This is their fourth time to go since Patrick Mahomes has joined, and this will be their third Super Bowl championship. Will it really? So, okay, this is wrong then. It said for the first time in 50 years, but this was like written two years ago or four years ago or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so. Weird, okay. But anyway, what like what a weird thing to, hey, what a weird thing to prophesize. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. It's exciting, like, for that city. That city got a whole lot cooler after we moved that's for sure yeah um, but it's it's fun to watch even from here there are a lot of Chiefs fans and there are a lot of Chiefs haters and like 
the haters are going to hate like Taylor taught us. So I'm just like, whatever, I'm here for it. You know, I listened to um, New Heights, the full podcast after the game for the Kelsey brothers. And yeah. Travis has such a great attitude about all of it. They was no, this was not after, was it? No, this was after they won against the Bills. And he was talking about like Bill's mafia and like they were, you know, people throwing snowballs at him and does it uh-huh. like upset him? And he just had such a great attitude about it. He's like, no, like, how are you going to get mad about, you know, when you're in, you know, Bill's mafia supporting them? Like, how are you going to get mad? Like, he just had such a great attitude, which I'm not sure that I would feel the same if I was making millions of dollars, maybe ask me then. But, you yeah. know, he just had a good attitude about it. And I think they're super likable and, you know i just i hope they take home another i hope they get another ring it's pretty cool yeah another ring well what what else is going on well on the sad side of the kansas city thing you know those three guys that we talked about that died in their friend's backyard the Mm -hmm. preliminary toxicology reports came back and they had multiple substances in their system including fentanyl of of course like every you could almost have guessed it right right now the thing that i don't understand is are these things that are laced and i guess we'll find out more but are these things that are laced with fentanyl or because that's how like mac miller died because something was laced with fentanyl like i don't think he was intentionally taking Mm -hmm. it you hear that a lot michael jackson had a straight fentanyl like overdose i think prince did as well but like is it people that are intentionally taking it because like you would have to be suicidal with all that we know now to ever agree to knowingly take fentanyl. Like, I don't, I, I don't yeah. know. Like, so I'm guessing it's laced, which is terrifying as well, because, you know, I've definitely in my high school and college days, I definitely try to. You did fentanyl in high school? Not fentanyl, but I tried <laughs> it. What I'm, what I'm saying is I, I have, you know, had, yeah tried some illicit drugs you know during my younger years and there wasn't in my time the concern about is it laced with fentanyl now it's so important to educate your kids and just say like yeah you can't do anything you know you can't you cannot do anything don't try anything that anyone wants you to take it is not worth it you never know if it's going to be laced and you're going that's going to be your last day like all That's three scary. Dudes, it's really scary all three of these dudes in their you know late mid to late 30s just gone froze and, and that's why i thought the frozen to death thing was so weird because it was only 29 degrees was the low that's not that's just not that cold and so i didn't understand and one of them was totally like just in his tidy whities i think he was like not wearing any clothing which would definitely accelerate your freezing to death but like it just none of it computed and so i was fully expecting it to be that they were on drugs and yep fentanyl played a part in it which is and the the multiple substances in your system that's also never a good idea to be mixed. yeah you know if you even if you mix you know liquor and weed like that can be not possibly deadly maybe deadly but like just not good to mix your substances period Oh, or eat tape substances. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, like, like that's probably number one. <laughs> it's the age old story. People are going to do it. 
but it's just so much so take your substances but don't mix them <laughs> no well i mean i think if you're a pot smoker you can get that in most states now and it has yeah. controls on it so like that's probably safer not that i'm encouraging it but like you do you yeah i think these guys had cocaine in their system that's probably never a good idea but the point is street drugs are now oftentimes you just can't be sure if they're laced with fentanyl and like right. we don't hear about too many people making it back from fentanyl so like i think um tom petty fentanyl because i what the the i guess what the high is with fentanyl is that it like takes away all of your pain that's why michael jackson and tom petty specifically prince their shows are really physical they they were still touring and they were older and that's like super hard on your body i mean you just talked about taylor yeah like like olympian training for a three hour and she's in her early thirties. Right. So like, can you imagine your fifties, sixties, these guys are out touring. Well, they would get fentanyl to like take all the pain away that all the body pain that they were having. And then like had too much of it and died. So it's really scary. Don't take fentanyl. It's bad. And you can't be sure that what you're buying on the street doesn't have it. So just be high on life. Like, hey, but if you get addicted to fentanyl, there are insurance plans that cover rehab. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> what a what a plug. What a segue. Okay, what so, a plug, you know. So I have I have some happy news for you, my friend. Tell, tell, tell you, us. You were you're aware. But there's a I know you've been working a lot, so I think you've probably missed this. But okay. there is a Love is Blind season six. Freaking A. It's out on Valentine's Day. Okay. So, I have to watch it. The only thing that's like what I'm realizing about the reality shows is like you like you soak yourself in gossip. Like it's like 30, 20 hours or whatever it is, plus everything of just like it's it's entertaining. It does more damage than good. Like it's cool to binge out if you had like a long day, but well, that's why I told you I watched the very beginning. Oh, and where, then the end, just to where, see. And then, until the proposals, and then I zoom forward to the weddings because, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't have enough time or care that much about these people's lives. I just want to see, right? You just want to see what happens. I don't know. There is something about like it's crazy with TV. Like you go on a journey with these people. Like it's like you grow with them as they're real, but as like a character. They're kind of a character, you know. And so you like. That's what's kind of fascinating about reality TV is like it's not just you're you're binging someone else's life. Like you feel like you know them, but you don't know them. Well, I just told you I I have the same experience with there's a um uh, an Instagram handle that's um Zillow Gone Wild. Yeah, you gotta check this out. It's it's is it it, funny. Well, it's just it's just um different properties that are listed on Zillow and sometimes they'll be famous people's, but like most times they're just average people and you get to like, it'll give you 10 pictures of the insides of these houses. And some of them are so crazy. You just assume yeah. everyone's house looks about the same because we're all mm -hmm. influenced by the same stuff, but that ain't that that is not the case. Some of these homes are really out there. Like will be like, they'll have a whole, you know star trek room or something crazy and then they'll be yeah. like in, in arlington texas like it, it's like down the street and you are just like 
what are these people up to? So I feel the same way about that Zello Gone Wild, but that's a much quicker, I don't have to invest as much into it as you right. do in a reality show. Now, in other reality Love is Blind news, that the first Love is Blind baby will be here shortly. That's so, crazy. I did like that couple, Zach and Bliss. Like they were, that was cool. Like he chose the wrong girl. She was really sus. And then uh, she was terrible. Yeah, she's so terrible. Mean. Such a mean girl. She, like went back and, and so. And fully I, just wanted to be proposed to, I felt like she didn't really care anything about him. And that yeah. was evident when they got together. But I was glad that Bliss took him back because I did like them together. And I think she's so cute. Um, and can we just for like he looks so much like a freaking the third property. Oh, brother. the third property. Brother. I, yeah, those I can't see past it. So I'm wondering if they're yeah. having I don't know if they're having a girl or a boy, but will it look like a property brother? Well <laughs> the fourth property. They should it's, they should make a joke like that on, on social. Brother. The fourth property brother. But you know what's surprising? There's been like 20 other couples or however many. And these and it's these people, you know, who are having a child, you know? So that's that's crazy. So good for the ones that have made it because I think all odds are kind of against you. Yeah, to get married, can you imagine getting married in like two months or whatever it is or like it's a month? like a literal stranger because, I mean, even though they're, they're through the screen or whatever and they're pouring out their hearts like you would on the phone with a new relationship like you'd have those late night talks or whatever you're still in your best behavior you're not really seeing all and that's why they live together right so they can like have that part of it but it's still in such a condensed amount of time i mean if one of my kids came to me and said <laughs> hey, I met this person and we're getting married in two months i would be so concerned and kind of pissed off. so i understand when they're they're like parents that have not participate yeah. like not yeah they're like we don't support this yeah so i i kind of get it but like you know everything in a bubble so lol that's funny so on to insurance we talk about insurance yeah let's talk about the insurance world so i want to give the other side of insurance for a second like this pnc right because yeah. most people think uh, most people know a hundred different property and casualty agents out there right um i think we're probably there are less of us than there are property and casualty and i was meeting with a, a property and casualty um, what is property and casualty just so it's out. your your home and your auto like yeah. your home and auto insurance and i was um, talking to a pnc partner the other day who happens to office across the hall from us so um, he came over and we were having a conversation and I was trying to, I mean, I was, I was telling him like what's happening in, on the health insurance side of things, which he didn't know, of course. And then he was informing me the things that were happening in pro property and casualty. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, everyone on all of these Facebook groups, I see it a hundred times a day on Facebook where people are up in arms about the cost of their, the increases in their car insurance. And their home insurance, and they're all trying to like jump ship and go find, you know, shop prices or whatever, right? Yeah. And so asking him a little bit about why this is happening, and it's really not all all that different than what happens in health insurance, because all health insurance is a risk pool. So it's like the risk of a few people spread across many, and then you get a premium based on what how that shows up and whatever equation they use. And when there are high claims, 
then everybody's rate goes up, right? Because the risk is spread across the entire risk pool. Well, there, this is kind of interesting and the Texans aren't going to love this because like in Texas, they almost pretend that like, it's hard to find someone here who's very much on um, the red side of things that believes that global warming and natural disasters are increasing, right? Right. But because they've increased so much in Texas and California, those states have seen such tremendous claims and because of it, so much loss that that has been spread across to the rest of the country, but is all also more concentrated in these areas. So like the homeowner's insurance rates have increased exponentially in Texas because of the natural disasters. And if you think about what he said to me was Texas is the only state that will get effects from like, I guess, hurricane and snow and tornado and like kind of mm -hmm. all of the potential natural disasters happen in Texas because it's, I guess, because it's so big and it goes across so many different climates. So we're more subject to getting hit by all of it. And so the claims have been so high that there have been losses in Texas. And so the rates are really high. Now, California also has had tremendous um, uh, increases in claims, but because there are certain laws in California, they they will only like they'll cap what they can charge for insurance. So like it's another one of those California only rules, which we see in health insurance, like it's very challenging to even you know, someone comes across and I want to help them. And I'm like, you just don't really have very many options. Like I will right. show you what your options are, but your state has pretty much shut everything down for health insurance. So like, we'll talk about the three options you have. Let's, let's get into it. But it's really the same for property and casualty where they won't allow us beyond a certain rate, which means this, the insurance companies take more of a loss. So a lot of them are pulling out of California. So again, same thing we see with health insurance. California is the residents are losing their option to go shop for other things because carriers are pulling out because they can't be perfect right. in their state, right? So because of that, again, the risk is spread across the entire population. Everybody's rates increase. Mm -hmm. um, and a third state that I thought was kind of interesting that has had a lot of loss, and I, I really don't know the answer why, I don't know that anybody could give me the answer, is Ohio. Wow. Ohio also had a loss in their state. And so that those three states primarily are causing this like price hike across the country. Wow. Really and yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, like... Yeah, it's just crazy that these states, like they they govern what these insurance companies can do, and then you you pay the price. You know, I can't imagine living in Cali though. Like, taxes are like 50 percent or whatever. They get wrecked on the insurance. They like, how do people do it? Do you have to make like a million dollars to live? I, like, I think that every time I watch one of those flipping shows and they're flipping in California, I'm like, how? Who's gonna afford this? But like, you know, I just think inflation is so out of control there's got to be some reprieve because like, you know, my house increased like a, a ridiculous amount. Like it's worth 
several hundred thousand dollars more than when we bought it in 2016. That's just not reasonable. Like, right. you know, like people, and that this is where like that mortgage crisis started is people got into homes that they really couldn't afford. You know, I was watching something on um, the internet earlier today and, and they were like, you know, in order to buy a $500,000 house and they like broke down the whole equation of like how much money you had to make to afford the mortgage, afford the, the PMI, if you didn't put 20% down on your home to afford the homeowner's insurance, like plus your life, you had to bring home over $10,000 a month for that to happen, which is $120,000 on a year. And that's definitely not what the average family, I mean, we talk to families all the time and they'll have a combined income of less than 120 K. So like, I don't know how people are doing right. it. I don't know when like the bubble will burst. Yeah. Put that phone down, Dakota. Put it it's down. People calling. <laughs> do not disturb. Turn on your do not disturb. I've got my DND on right now. Oh my gosh, it just keeps blowing. I uh, know you have to DND it and come back to them because we got these people that are with us to talk to about these topics. So I just don't know when the bubble yeah. burst, like when <laughs> inflation stops. I don't know how we go back. I mean, we talked the other day about like groceries, like I spend $300 a week on groceries to feed this family of myself and three kids. Yeah. That's so much money. Like it's a lot of money, right? It's wild. And I am not above, I will go to Aldi, especially now that Aldi will bring it to me. I love a good Aldi and a good Trader Joe's. Like, well, Trader Joe's expensive. Well, it's all, it's really good food, but I think they're related Trader because like, the Trader Joe's and Aldi philosophy, and I am sorry if I am totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure. So don't yeah. come for me. I'm just trying here, people. I'm pretty sure they're somehow related because the whole philosophy of those two brands is that all of the food inside is their brand, right? They're not selling, or most of the food, a lot of the food, the majority of their income comes from okay. their, own, their own branded stuff. Yeah. So they're not... So they can keep the cost low because they're controlling manufacturing and distribution. So I love Aldi. I love Trader Joe's. Like, so I will go to these places that will bring the cost down. But for these people that are just living in a Whole Foods world, I don't know what you, what kind of drugs you are selling on the street to afford this, but like, oh my gosh, prices are insane. I don't like to shop at Walmart because their produce is garbage. And I feel like the kids that they have fill your order if you go do a pickup or delivery, they really don't give a crap. So they're just putting like crappy produce in your car. Yeah. Like, their produce is substandard anyway. And we buy so much like in fruits and vegetables that like, I don't love to shop there. Um, there's a Brookshire's or Brookshire's, however you say it, that's in our town as well. I try to go there when I can to support the little guy. Um, but groceries are absurd. I don't drive a gas car. So like, I don't know what's happening with gas, but, um, you know, your utilities are insane. Like I just, there has to be some reprieve because people yeah, are saying, inflation. Like, we just are, need to elect Donald Trump back. And then all the, oh, I cannot have this conversation. <laughs> I cannot talk about this. All the prices will go back down and we'll get out of wars. <laughs> let's, let's hope that all of that happens with 
our next president, whomever that might yeah, be. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so, and it health insurance. So we're so last week we did prescriptions. Yeah. This week we're going to talk about procedures. Okay, we're okay. going to play a little test your knowledge game. Although okay. I don't expect you know most of this. Um, so we're going to talk about average cost and they're going to be a range for most of it, but average cost of procedures that are super, like some of them are huge. Some of them are not. They're very common things that happen. Mm -hmm. So let's start with a colonoscopy. So colonoscopy is actually considered a surgery because yeah. you are put under. So it's, it's in a whole other category, right? So what do you think the average cost for a colonoscopy in the United States is? Man, it really ranges. I've seen like a thousand to like seven. I would say average, let's go in the middle, two to three thousand. Two thousand six to thirty seven seventy three is the average cost of a colonoscopy. Wow. That's pricey. And a lot of this is just wellness, you know, like they're just Well, and so like here's here's what sucks about that is that what because that is the most expensive wellness procedure you can have like now you only get them every five years right and now they if you are at above average risk like if there's some sort of um history in your family they want you to do it from 45 up mm -hmm. i think the rest of the population can do it from 50 up but they're you're only doing it every five years right but the the problem is if you don't have an employer plan or an obamacare plan where it's covered hundred percent. I'm not going to say that it's free because it isn't, nothing's free. It's just rolled into your premium. Like those things are absorbed in your premium. You pay a higher premium so that you can pay for these things on layaway. Right. Yeah. But if, if you don't have one of those types of plans and you have a plan that's requiring you to come out of pocket, what it does is it makes a lot of people not do it, which the prevention is everything. Like take it from me, you know, the, the routine stuff that will find this find it early can make, can be the difference between life and death. Right. So the fact that people choose not to do it, one mm. makes like you risk your health, but two, it actually will ratchet up the price. If you are diagnosed with something, everything's going to cost more because if you don't catch it early enough, everything's more expensive. Right. right. So that's yeah. for me, the problem with like the colonoscopy part of this the rest of your wellness stuff you can afford without insurance. You know, mammogram you can get for you can find most states for a hundred bucks. So that's yeah. like not an insane cost. Um, pap smear, hundred, hundred and fifty bucks. Like you could afford most of this other stuff. But when you're looking at a two to three, almost four thousand dollar bill, I think I've seen on average six grand, then people are not doing it and it's kind of exacerbating the problem. So Yeah, for sure. All right, talk to me about a gallbladder removal. Average oh my gosh. for a gallbladder removal. Average cost, um, 7000 Close, 3044 to 6321 Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say five at first, but like seven. So the thing about a gallbladder removal is I think what you will find is that if you're using insurance, the bills are going to show for all of this much higher. Cause I think these numbers that were pulled from the internet are like average, probably cash pay or without insurance. Yeah. 
and right. you get such a lower cost. So truly for a gallbladder surgery, they're going to bill insurance like 30 K and probably somewhere along the way, because of the, after the repricing negotiate it down and it's going to be much closer to these numbers or probably slightly more than these numbers, but you'll see it build out for $30,000 easily. Yeah. They raise, they, they, they build the insurance higher and then it's brought down. Right. So that one felt a little bit low. Okay. What Which about let's talk about how messed up that is. Like that's kind of the reason costs just keep going up is like some, like it's not just the insurance, like insurance does play its part for sure. But the other part of the equation is providers like bill like crazy. Like they put a price on everything, which, and they like 10 X the prices, which makes the insurance have to, you have to pay more for your insurance because they're paying out these claims. Most of them, like right. if insurance carriers don't pay out claims, they go out of business. Like they just get absolutely trash in the reviews. And some of them are mandated by the government. Like they make deals with the government and they're like, Hey, I think they have to pay on uh, marketplace plans, like 82% of their profits or 88% have to go in towards claims. Like they're mandated. Right. And so when they get charged so much, they're forced to charge more just to keep doing it, you know, to be profitable. Yeah. So insurance companies can be sketched too. Like, don't get, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes they'll decline claims, you know, stuff like that, but it's also the providers. Like it's, there's two parts to the equation, you know? That, you know, and that part's really tricky in like what we do, right? Because we, I think we do have a higher level of customer service and like involvement with our clients than the, what I hear is the industry standard. Like a lot of times yeah. these agents that are, you know, turn them and burn them kind of mentality and just like one hit, make the sale and never talk to the person again. They, they really, they're really bringing the average down, but for us, I think because we are so involved with our clients, we become the face for them of the insurance company. But what they don't understand is like, I don't work for United. I don't work for any carrier. I work for the client, but we can only represent what's out on the market for them to purchase. So when there's a problem, like when we go through all of the insurance and how it should work, and then when there's an issue and they come back to us and you know we try to be as helpful as we can, but it's like, my hands are a little bit tied here. Like I, I can be the liaison and I can kind of help you go, as the go between, between the insurance company. And, but I'm not, I, I don't work for United healthcare. So I'm not able to affect this. I'm just going to be your advocate, but you know, for a client, they're looking for someone and, you know, as much as we try to, to do as much as we can, it, it can be a little bit challenging because, all yeah. we can do is present the plan and what it's, how it's supposed to work. Right. Like that's, we only have so much control. So. Yeah. I would say like 80, I would say 90% of the time, 95 in that range, everything works like according to like how that plan works. But sometimes providers will file out of network. Sometimes the insurance went out of network. Sometimes, you know, there's just variables that happen, you know, and the the they didn't get the bill sent in like the provider didn't send in the bill you know and so these things happen and that's why it's important to have someone there but also to to switch you like if if one ball drops you know like go somewhere else there's other options you know um so but i think i you know i tell clients that all the time like 
you know, I'm, I am your partner in crime, like from here on out. So don't just sit and stew in like your misery when things are not going as they're supposed to reach out so we can address it. We can get in front of it and we can switch you if this isn't the right fit. And so I, I think that that's something where people, people oftentimes will not reach out because again, they're used to the bar is low for these health insurance agents because of some companies that are out there just incentivizing people to sell, 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 and like not incentivizing on the customer service or retention side of it, which is so unfortunate. And we came from an organization that that was the case. Like it was a quick sale, never follow up on your customer service stuff, turn them and burn them. And that is like, those companies are really doing a, you know, a disservice to the client and they're ruining it for the rest of us. And so there are definitely times where people don't reach out. And I'm like, please, I, I would rather deal with it when it's a baby problem than to let it stew and become like a gigantic, huge problem. Yeah. Cause you know, I've had people who've been in plans and they've canceled said plans or the carrier switch plans and they can no longer get their claims covered, you know, because they dropped it or there was something miscommunicated and it's like, the worst feeling because we as brokers we don't like see the claims on the front end like it's all on back end stuff you know so we can help out but like just you just got to treat these things carefully because these bills are massive like 10 20 30 40 50k and it'll, you know like it's and where you're, sure it's and as a broker we're your advocate and we also know a thing or two about how to get things through or what the next step is or where you should start instead of sitting on the phone for five hours and being frustrated, call us so we can like point you in the right direction. Like I would, I'm always happy to deal with those customer service things because again, retention is everything. Customer service is everything. And I think it's what we do differently than most. And it's part of our success. So I would rather deal with it on the, you know, again, when it's a baby problem before it's like a gigantic problem. And we do yeah, have absolutely. And we do return our calls. And I think that's the other thing that is not normal in the industry. Like people just, I, I can't ever get a hold of my agent. They like fell off the face of the earth or they're not in the business anymore because we're dinosaurs at this thing. Like we've been at it for longer than most people because it's it's a hard industry if you don't, aren't absolutely in love with what you're doing and you're not like giving it your all, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, all right, talk to me about an appendectomy. Appendectomy. Um, man, I don't know this one. I haven't seen a claim for this in forever. Uh, um, four thousand. Seven thousand thirty-five to wow. thirteen thousand eight hundred and fifty-three. And again, if this is the um, cash rate. It's a lot higher than a gallbladder. I would imagine it's a lot higher than a gallbladder because a lot of appendectomy situations are emergency appendectomy, which makes everything yeah. costly. That would be yeah. my guess. A gallbladder is typically, you don't, you don't typically have an emergency gallbladder removal. It's usually planned out. It's scheduled. Yeah. Appendectomies are often, I had this extreme pain. We have to take your appendix immediately. So I think that's probably what ratchets it up, but that's, expensive. And if this is the cash rate, again, I typically see these bill out closer to 30, 40 K because it's going to get negotiated down and the whole insurance thing. Okay. Crazy. Here's a big one. Talk to me about 
delivery of a child in the United States? Oh my gosh. Um, average, like, uh, I've seen as low as like 10K, but average is probably 20 to 30, 20 to 40. That's a big range. So it gave right. the whole, it gave a whole delivery and it's because it's cesarean and vaginal lumped in. Okay. So it was 9,300 to 23,380. So obviously the 23 is closer to, is on the cesarean side. Yeah. Say the, yeah, the average vaginal delivery is right around, you know, that's, it's, it really is. In, and this is in line with the max out of pocket for the marketplace, right? Because that's, if, whatever your max out of pocket is on your plan, that's what it's going to cost you to deliver a baby. So just know that like you have to plan for it. And so that will kind of take the wind out of people when they call and they have the conversation we're, we're, we're pregnant or we're thinking about getting pregnant. And I'm just here like to give them the straight answer. Like I'm not here to, to sugarcoat this thing. What's your out of pocket max? Cause that is what you're going to spend to have a baby period. End of story. So yeah, you're planning for the cute outfits and the rattles and the, the binkies, but like, yeah, it's so expensive to, <laughs> Before that, we got yeah. this to, to deal with. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, cancer treatment. Now, this is broad because it's kind of, cancer treatment can vary tremendously. Yeah. Um, but on average, what would you guess? And this seems really low. I'm going to just throw it out there. So, I don't know what they've lumped into here. Um, Man, I don't know. Like, everything, like, 40K. 150k 150k well which seems really low to me but just because of the place that i'm at and the bills that i've seen roll in so far so yeah. i went a little, i went a little further so the average chemo treatment what do you think it it runs 4k 4 to 5k $8000 wow per infusion that's wild so eight that's grand. 8 grand radiation um, if that's a 2000, so this is for an entire radiation, like, so radiation, oh, like all the sessions, not per session, right? It can, it can vary per how many sessions you have, right? You might have 20, you might have 30, you might have 50. So I think it's per treatment. It's about 4,500. Oh my gosh. And it can be for an entire, um, like session or set of sessions up to $50,000. So from 4,500 to 50K. That's great. That's such a big range, man. <laughs> such a big range, totally dependent upon how many you're assigned, right? But like, yeah. but that's wild because the radiation treatment itself is like a 30 minute ordeal. It's like you're in and out, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And $4,500, crazy. Okay, oh. knee replacement. Oh gosh. Um 40k. This seemed low to me too. You're right in the middle. 16772 to 61585. I always thought wow. you were was more expensive, closer to the $100,000 mark. But again, it's probably 100k with Yeah, it, it depends if they and it also depends on the provider cuz they're upcharging it, you know, but man, like you get one of these things like and it wipes out like who's got there's only a few percent of the population have 20, 50, 100K sitting in the account just to like, or even set up a payment plan, right? You know, like 
even that. Can you mention a payment plan on like forty thousand dollars? Well, like, and we we will work with some more like affluent clients that will say, "I'm just not going to carry insurance because I can afford this stuff out of pocket." And, and you know, you'll have to really try to help reframe their thinking. Like, yes, but but you got to this point in your life where you have this financial freedom because you were smart with your decisions, right? Like you you made smart financial decisions. So not carrying insurance is not a smart financial decision because just because you have it in the bank doesn't mean you want to write a check to pay for it. And realistically, we live in a world today where even if you have an endless bank account, some providers will not even take the first appointment if you can't show them that you have insurance. They're not doing yeah. it. So like, it's not a smart health decision. And it's, and because oftentimes the people that don't have coverage don't go do their preventative stuff because it's one more thing to do and it's not, it's not covered, right? They're, they're going to pay for it out of pocket. So then you run into more health risks probably. And it's just not a smart financial decision just because you have it, just because you can, doesn't mean you should like, just because it's in the bank doesn't mean you should play roulette and then write a hundred thousand dollar check to pay for this kind of stuff. So the days of going without insurance are a thing of the past. You have to, yeah. you have to hold insurance. So, okay. Last one for, uh, last two for health. And then we're going to talk about some dental stuff. So disc correction, like a fusion correction in your back, which is pretty common. What do you think that one runs? Uh, 4,500. Oh, Dakota. On average. Per one, per one. I'm saying per one or total. 43. Well, it's a, it, it, that is a major surgery. Anything with your back is major. Dude, I'm off my game right now. Is, is it 40 grand? $43,564. That's crazy. Which I would imagine anything with the back would be really expensive just because of the sensitivity. The back's so spine. intense. There's so many things. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Hernia. Hernia repair. This is only going to be a couple grand, like four to five. Or 5246 to 13924. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that one seems like it would be not expensive. It's pretty freaking expensive. And again, if this is what they're showing as the cash average rate, then insurance is much, it's like 20 grand, right? It's going to be so much higher. Yeah. Great. Okay, let's talk about dental because dental is one of those things where if you don't have a lot of teeth problems, whatever you pay in is probably exactly what you're going to get out of it, right? Like if, you yeah. know, because you could cash pay for cleanings and they're relatively inexpensive. We'll talk about it. What do you think the average cleaning is? A hundred bucks. hundred to 200. So yeah. I usually tell people 150, you can cash pay. But then if you do the math and you have two cleanings a year, that's $300. And if it's probably going to be about what it would cost you to carry insurance, right? right? For that period. But if you start getting into some more major services, you want to have insurance because not only do you get a, a better rate, like a the negotiated, you know, PPO rate, but also the plan's going to pay a benefit depending on what the service is. So right. talk to me about the average root canal mm, five thousand no what do you, you got are, you are not good at dental sir 800 to 1200 depending on the tooth okay so but what if you get like is it just one is it one tooth or is it is it 
if you're having a root canal, it's typically one tooth. Is it just one tooth? Okay. Yeah. So 800 to 1200, depending on the tooth. I think the front teeth are like the 800 yeah. back molars are like 1200. What about a crown? Two grand. 500 to 3000, depending on the tooth. Now here's the problem yeah. here is root canals and crowns often come together. Yeah. So you're paying $1,200 for your molar and then another 3000 for your crown. Trust me, you want some coverage. Yeah. That's right. What about an implant? Mm -hmm. Man, this is more than a couple of grand. I've seen like four to six. It's three to six, depending okay. on the tooth. Here's the problem with an implant. Implants on under 65, like anyone who's not Medicare age, those plans are harder to come by. You have to have be on a couple different carriers will cover implants. Most of them will not. Correct, yeah. Um, also, you need to be on a plan that has a pretty big annual spend of what they will pay out on claims because people with implants typically aren't just doing one tooth. I see people with implants that need multiple teeth replaced. And if you're at $6,000 a tooth, that is so much money. And insurance is only going to cover so much of that, right? You're going to hit right. your out of pocket or your max limit for the year really yeah what about last one braces oh man um two to six thousand three k to eight k wow now i have a child who just had braces put on the second of january and his the insurance pays he's on um his dad's dental insurance it pays fifteen hundred dollars so the average insurance plan I've never seen it more than $1,500. It's going to pay anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 in benefit for braces. And the way that it pays that money out is it pays it in three installments. So it pays a little bit at the beginning, a little bit in the middle, and a little bit at the end of your treatment. So if you like switch plans, it's almost like a pre-existing condition. Like your new, your new plan isn't going to cover it because the braces were already on beforehand. And so you need to write out your current coverage because they will not pay the full benefit until the treatment is finished. So whatever dental plan you're on for braces, you want to stay on. Um, his, the, so the uh, plan pays 1500 and our uh, portion of it was another 4,500. So his are six wow. grand for his braces. So we are right in the middle here, but. That's crazy. And, and you want to talk about another, like after your $9,000 vaginal delivery, and diapers and all the stuff along the way. And then you get to braces like this never stops. That 9,300 is just the tip of the freaking iceberg because yeah, it just keeps on rolling. It's watched you forever, for sure. When you have kids, like how do you budget? Like how much the medical expense? Oh, it could be per different per kid, but like, is it typically a lot of doctor visits? Like, um, I mean, I think it that that is a question for like, it totally depends on how healthy your family is, right? Like I, um, I'm very blessed. I have children who really don't have a lot of health issues. So we did our annual checkup and we stayed on top of preventative stuff. So they went to their annual checkups. They, yeah. you know, we do what we can for their sports life and what they eat and things like that. And, but, but we're just blessed our children don't have a lot of health issues. So I think that 
definitely varies by family and what you've got going on. And I, I definitely feel for those families that I talk to that they're like, you know, one of their kids just got the, drew the short straw and they have a lot of stuff going on. So right. it totally depends on the the person and the family, but um, I don't, it's not something we, we budget for per se, because we always keep them covered. And then we have, we, we've had a couple expensive things. Like my middle one, the, the same one who's in braces right now, he broke his arm and then um got the cast off and the bone just wasn't quite as strong as it once was and he broke it again pretty uh, so uh, that was that was expensive but like again i'm an insurance agent so we're probably the most insured family there ever was we have a lot of supplemental coverages we've got you know on our house we have a balloon policy to cover for to cover our auto with our house, like we have yeah. supplemental coverage with accident coverage that really we got out of those arm breaks for $500 each event because we have accident coverage that allowed for that. Um, even with my current situation and all the treatment that I'm go undergoing, I'm, I mean, I'm this, these numbers, large numbers that I've seen roll in. Um, I have a lot of supplemental coverage that, you know, insurance is always about planning ahead, right? You, you know, it's like, and I say this to people and only, and most people get it and only one person ever was annoyed with me for saying it, but I'm like, insurance is a gamble on both sides. It's a racket, I, I get it. But like the insurance company is betting something is not gonna happen to you. That's where, if they were in Vegas, that's what they're betting on. You're betting something is gonna happen and that's why you're getting this, right? Right. So one of us is going to be wrong. And all I know for sure is the insurance companies have a lot more money to pay the bill if they're the wrong ones. So like, that's why you get insurance. I hope you get it and never use any of it. That's really my hope for everyone who ever buys insurance. But the reality is we see people all the time that use it. I didn't, I mean, I'm a healthy person. I never thought I would be in a situation where I was, you know, racking up a bunch of medical bills and here I am. But I still had all that stuff in place because if I hadn't had it before I needed it, I wasn't going to be able to get it when I did, right? Yeah. Because why would an insurance company say, oh yeah, you're going to hit us immediately with $150,000 in claims? Let's go. Your $500 a month premium or whatever. Like, let's do this. This is a great like proposition for us. They're never going to do that. They're going to run away from you. And then you can't, mm -hmm. unless you hit the market, You like your illness happens at the right time when you can get onto the marketplace plan where your health isn't, doesn't matter, you are hosed. There's just not going to be anything you can do. You have to be planful with insurance, right? right? So, you know, I think that's a, a good question. I think it varies by family, but I think the moral of the story is you've got to understand how your plan works, where the holes are, and then you've got to work with someone who can help you fill in the holes, right? Because I had the, I have the primary insurance for all of us, but there are holes. We still have high max out of pocket. Like there are holes and we would still come out a lot if we didn't have, so we, if we didn't have supplemental insurance. So we have accident coverage, we have dental insurance, we have hospitalization coverage, we have gap insurance for the high deductible. Like it's, 
it's a lot and it feels excessive, but you know, we just see so much happen. And yeah. like, and like, here I am in a place where I find myself using all of it. And so I'm so grateful that I have it and that I was like planful with it. So 100% be prepared. Yeah. So cool. that's what I've got for today. You did. I mean, I would give you like a six out of 10. <laughs> I kind of felt that some, well, some of them were interesting, but it's kind of hard because we see higher claims, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that was fun. So next week we're going to talk about costs of things when you're hospitalized because you yes. will be blown away by that. So the costs are crazy. So I miss seeing you in person. I've got competing sets here that I'm working on, yeah. but this was fun for a change since Jack left us high and dry. And um, so I guess that's all we've got until next time, right? Yeah, until next time. So I am Lori. I'm Dakota. Thanks for listening and do all the things so you get notifications when we are, when we posted a new episode, like subscribe share it with someone who needs, who doesn't have insurance and needs to hear this conversation. Um, but until next time, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.